And now, Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. When I found the skull in the woods, the first thing I did was call the police. But then I got curious about it. I picked it up and started wondering who this person was and why he had deer horns. Hi, this is Lori Diamond, and I'm a big-ass runner from south-central Pennsylvania, where we play host to the Pennsylvania portion of the Appalachian Trail. They don't call it Rockylvania for nothing. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now, here's your host, Jeff Harrell. Well, thank you, Lori, and great introduction. That was from year one of the podcast, and gotta make it out to do some of the Appalachian Trail on the bucket list. Hasn't happened yet, but maybe I can get out to Rocksylvania and make that happen. Well, as Laurie said, this is Jeff Harrell, and this is the Big Ass Runner Trail Running Podcast, episode number 136. We're rocking along. We have an awesome show for you today. In segment number one, you are going to get to know someone who is awesome. She is a trail running coach. She is a, I mean, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to make you wait a little bit to find out, but she is an awesome, badass, amazing. You're going to really enjoy getting to know Melody Bateman. So hang on for that. That's segment one. And segment number two, the American Trail Running Association did a survey. They do it every year and the results are out. So I fed the results to the data scientists, had them confirm, run some scenarios, and there are some statistics I thought that were very interesting. And so we're going to review those. Thanks to Stephen Pritt for sitting those over to me. He is such good friends with the data scientists. I think data is always top of mind with him. So thank you, Stephen, for that. But first... I said a couple, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, if we I challenged the big ass runner herd and said, hey, we have not gotten a review since Marty gave us a review back in September. And reviews are one way that people that are on Apple Podcasts find the show. So would you do us the favor of doing a review? And I said, if you did one, I would read it on the show. Well, we had one on my birthday, February 20th. Bob Jeff Face <laughs> submitted a review. It's unfortunately a four out of five. Maybe he just didn't click the last star. I don't know. Great podcast is the title. Although I could do without the singing, I'm sure he's talking about my singing, not Timmy Times. This is a great informative running podcast. Thank you, Bob, Jeff Face for that review. And I would love to get more reviews. So if you wouldn't mind, do us a favor, head on over to Apple Podcasts and give us a written review. We would appreciate it. And then also you guys know how big a fans of Path Projects we are. They've been supporting the show from pretty much day one. We wore their gear before we even started this show. And just want to let you know, spring is coming up 
And they've got now five different colors in their Graves and their Sykes and their Wheeler shorts. So get ready for spring. If you need new shorts, get their shorts. Also get their liners. Amazing. Pathprojects.com. New colors. Go check it out. Pathprojects.com. Well, with that, let's get going on episode number 136 of The Big Ass Runner. Because you had to be a big shot dancer. You had to open up your mouth. You had to be a big shot dancer. All your friends were so knocked down. You had to have a last word last night. You know what everything's about. You had to have the white hot spot. Well, now joining us on the Big Ass Runner Hotline is Melody Bateman. Melody, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. I am too. I'm very excited to talk to you. And I think the Big Ass Runner herd is going to absolutely love you. And I would love for you to start with a little bit about you, where you are in the world, and a little bit of your running background. Sure. So I am 26 and married for about four years. My running background, I started in or on the track team in high school. I actually was a hurdler and I loved doing that. After high school, it felt weird to just sprint. So I got into long distance running and I started training for halves. And, and then I met my boyfriend, who's now my husband, and he convinced me to sign up for a marathon with him. So we did our first marathon together. And then we got married. And the year we got married, we signed up for our first 50-mile race. And then the year after that, we did our first 100-mile race. And ever since, I just have been hooked on ultra running. And that's kind of a quick rundown of my background. Love it. I've got so many questions. i got so many qu- So first of all... <laughs> You're a, you're a legit runner. You actually ran in high school, whereas I just ran during basketball practice when I got in trouble. So that, that's one big difference. <laughs> I'm wondering, as a hurdler, is that helpful for trail running? Because, you know, it's not a smooth trail most of the time. You're navigating obstacles. Has that been helpful? It, it has. Honestly, I think, like, doing hurdles and sprints in high school, I think it gave me strength. But here's the thing. I'm not a fast runner. I really am not fast. Like I'm back of the pack, middle of the pack in the ultra races. Right. Um, but I finished and I think that the strength just transferred over. Got it. That's awesome. Yeah. You're, you're talking to the right crew. Cause we, you know, the big ass runner, we, <laughs> we're sometimes, you know, we have listeners at podium, but we're wherever you finish, we love, it's just about the journey and the adventure and the community and crossing that finish line most of the time. So that's, that's great. And then the other thing I had to ask you about, so it sounds like you and your husband are are running partners, at least for some of these races. Has that been a good thing for your marriage? Has that taught you about things you've had to work through? Tell us a little bit about that. Totally. I actually love this question. I love running with my husband. It's the best thing in the world. That's kind of how we nurtured our relationship in the beginning because we 
signed up for this marathon not too long after we started dating, and that's just what we did together. And after we got married, that's just what we continued to do together. I won't lie, like, it, there definitely have been some very difficult moments. We've we've definitely fought a lot on the trails, and, you know, we've had lots of arguments. And because it's, it's hard to run with someone, especially ultras, long distance. There might be, you're, you're as fast as the slowest link, right? And, and maybe I'm feeling good and he's not feeling good and he's holding me back or vice versa. And when you're running with somebody that you're really close to, it's it, like, like when you're running out, when you're running with friends, it's a little bit easier to kind of keep your good, your best face on. But when you're with someone that you're close to, it's really easy to let, let your grumpy side come out. So we definitely have had some rough times on the trails, but um, I think it's been super, super good for our relationship and our marriage because we've learned how to communicate. We have learned to accept each other where we're at. It really has brought us closer together and then setting big goals together and then working towards those goals together. That has brought us closer too. So it's been hard, but it's also been fun. But like my most cherished memories with him are running with him on the trail and getting through hard things together. And we're 15 miles out and we're out of water and you know, just the the fun things that happen happen on your long runs, and I mean, it's overall, it's been great for our marriage. It's been great for us. I love it. I, I've always felt like trail running is such a good metaphor for life because there's ups and downs and and hurdles, and sometimes you feel great, sometimes you don't feel great. The way you feel right now is not always the feel, the way you're going to feel, even in ten minutes later, and. I bet you guys have learned a lot, you know, maybe even verbal communication, but maybe even nonverbal. Like I could tell yeah. he's struggling. So it might be a good time for me to, you know, word of encouragement. Or I, I know how he likes to be encouraged. Or sometimes I know he just likes to be left alone right now. Learning all yeah. those things might have, might have sped up that process for you guys. Totally, totally. And I feel like it, it has transferred over into, into life, you know, when, just just knowing how to communicate and knowing what I feel like I can read him better. I know what he needs. He knows what I need. We know how to get through hard things together. It, it's been super helpful and super fun. I love it. I love it. And well, then how did you get into coaching? So you started ultra running, you started doing these pretty big distances. And then how did you land on coaching? Yeah, so I've always been into fitness. I've always loved to be active. Before I was a hurdler on the track team, I did karate, so I, I love movement, and it's just something that I've always been passionate about, and I've seen movement um, change the lives of a lot of people close to me, and from a young age, I'd say like junior high, I, I always wanted to be a personal trainer. In high school, I started like unofficially coaching like friends and family and I, I made workout plans. And in college, I started, I, I wasn't officially a running coach or a personal trainer yet. People started paying me to create programs for them kind of unofficially. And so I, I kind of did that for a while. And then after my hundred, I decided to finally become an official running coach. So I got that and then just built up my business and started marketing online and it's just something I've always wanted to do. I've, I've always wanted to coach people and help people make movement a part of their life. So while you haven't maybe been an official coach for that long, you've been coaching for 
for quite a while, it sounds like. It sounds like that's part of your heart is just to help people achieve, like you said, the movement, but achieve big goals. What kinds of athletes are you working with? So I work with with mainly trail runners. And, and I coach people who want to run their first trail 5K up to a 100-mile race. And what, what's funny, my clientele, I didn't do this on purpose, but my clientele has kind of turned into hunters who want to trail run. So they're in shape for the hunting season. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite the niche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Didn't, like I said, I didn't do it on purpose, but that's just kind of the, the people that I've been attracting and, and working with. So, you know, kind of the people who they're not looking to podium. They just want to, they just want to finish an ultra and, and get more in shape, you know. And I think you said this, but you're in Ogden, Utah, is that correct? Yes. And yes. I, would, I would imagine that's a pretty popular area for hunters and, and people that are doing that kind of thing. So I guess it does, it does make a little for bit sure. of sense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. And my husband's a big hunter too. And so I guess I just, I just connect with the hunter type. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, that's awesome. When if someone's interested in your coaching, where, where would be a good place for them to go? Yeah, the best place to go is my Instagram and my handle is at the pine tree runner. And most, all my information is there. Um, also, my website is www.melodybateman.biz. And there's a link to that on my Instagram as well. That's great. And Melody, I've only gotten to know you a little bit in the last few weeks, but you're a very interesting person because not only are you a running coach, but you have a black belt. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So uh, karate is what got me into fitness movement in the first place. Uh, my dad grew up doing karate and and basically as soon as I could walk, he had me in karate classes. So I, I did that all growing up and got my black belt in American Kempo Karate. And I love it. I think self-defense is so important. And I'm a big believer that everyone should have a, a basic knowledge of self-defense because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about that on this podcast, just safety on the trail. You want The trail should be diverse and colorful and full of different shapes and sizes, but also yeah. safe. So I would love, if you wouldn't mind, sharing maybe some, some tips that you would have as people listening here, how you can be a little bit safer on the trail. Yeah, for sure. Well, some basic tips. The very first thing that, that comes to mind is when when you go run on your own first of all you want to make sure that you tell someone where you're going and tell someone when you expect to be back I would also make sure that you have your phone on you and make sure that your phone is fully charged before you go run I would also say and these are just little tips and tricks but but I feel like they're so valuable these these little tips and tricks could potentially save your life right yep. I think running if you're running in a new place, make sure you research your route. Uh, maybe go there before you run and scout it out. Just make sure you're familiar with where you're running. Another thing is I, I'm a big believer in not running with music in. And I know a lot of runners hate that. They're like, I cannot run unless I have my headphones in, right? But when you have, you know, your headphones in, you lose that ability to hear what's going around you, which I, I think is so, so important. So uh, what I would recommend for people who really like to listen to music, and this is what I do, is 
bring your phone on you and turn your music on your phone, on the speaker on your phone and stick it in your pocket. Don't put headphones in your ears so you can still hear what's going on around you. I know that there's also special headphones out there. I, I think the like air shocks or something. Aftershocks, that, yep. A- aftershocks, yeah. That don't go in your ears so you can still hear what's going on around you. Um, I haven't ran with those, but you know, I know that there's headphones like that if you really like running with music. The safest thing you can do is to run with people. I mean, running running alone is the most dangerous thing, but it's also really hard to run with people every single day. I, I'm, I'm personally a solo runner, so I run by myself every day. So anyways, I, I can go on and on and on and on. <laughs> but, so there's a, there's a couple little tips there. Oh, and I actually want to throw one more out there because I think this one's really big. Being aware of your surroundings. So when you're running, you know, look behind you every once in a while, especially if you're on the trails. There's a lot of cats in this area where I'm from, you know, and cats like to stalk. So just, you know, make sure that you're turning around and looking behind you. Make sure you're scanning the trail up ahead of you as you're running. Pay attention to, you know, is there something behind that tree? Is there something behind that garbage can? You don't need to be like a crazy paranoid runner and scared that someone's going to jump out and attack you at, at, at any second but but just look around you and just be aware of your surroundings yeah i think there's a difference between being afraid and, and being alert and you definitely want to be alert what if you ran with a hunter and a black belt how would how would that go that would probably be a good safe way to run right <laughs> yeah, i think that's good because the hunter probably has a gun on him right or at least yeah, a knife. If you can find, yeah, if you can find a hunter friend and a black belt friend, I I think you're set. I think that's all you need. <laughs> well, I think we need to come to Ogden because you're the black belt and you have hunter clients. Let's go. Let's make it happen. Right. Here we go. It's the safest place ever out here. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you for those tips, and I think you you've been working on some programs too to help as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I do have an online course. It's called Run Without Fear. Um, the link is on my Instagram in the bio. And um, in this course, it, it goes over all the little tips and tricks, like what I was talking about. And then I teach you different moves. So so what, what would you do if someone grabbed your wrist? Or what would you do if someone grabbed your hair? So we do dive into karate a little bit more, and we talk about different strikes and punches and kicks and blocks and and it, it, it's just the basics um, because you really just need to know the basics to be able to save to save your life it's kind of like the analogy that I always use is is it's like if I were to just throw you in a pool of water um, I, I want to teach you just the basics so you can stay afloat and not drown right so this course is basically teach you the basics of, of what to do if you were to ever find yourself in a dangerous situation if you're running alone on the trail. And and I address what to do if you run into a dangerous person or what to do if you run into a, a dangerous animal. Really good content. So you're, you're teaching them to dog paddle, but not necessarily do the butterfly. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> we're not doing any like tornado backflip spin kicks or anything, but, but I'll teach you how to get out of a scary situation if you ever find yourself in one because you never know you never know that's great well thank you for sharing that and i'd like to end this kind of going back to your coaching and i know you said you've, you've coached hunters i know you coach others others as well 
<laughs> and you've got the big ass runner herd. You know, th- this is a group of people that are everyday runners are just getting out there as often as they can, trying to hit some big goals. I'd love as as a kind of putting your coach's hat on, just any advice that you you might have. Like here's when I here's a couple of things I always tell my runners, just a couple of pieces of wisdom. It's kind of hard because I'm a big believer in a very individualized program, right? So anyone that I coach, I'm going to get an in-depth, you know, background analysis and, you know, and everyone's going to need something a little bit different. But in general, I would say that for most runners, make sure that you're getting your speed work in, especially for trail runners. I think trail runners forget. I think road runners are like, oh yeah, like it's all about the speed, go as fast as you can. And so they get their speed work in. But I think trail runners forget to get their speed work in. So children, make sure you're getting your speed work in. It's important because not only does it make you faster, but it makes you stronger. It improves your running economy and it decreases your risk of injury. So speed work is important. And then I'm also going to say strength training. Get your strength training in. And if you're not getting strength training in, I would start with 10 to 20 minutes after every single run of just body weight. Get, you know, squats, push-ups, pull-ups, deadlifts. Just start getting some strength training in because, again, that's, that's going to improve your, your strength, your running economy, and decrease your risk of injury. That is some gold nuggets right there. That's too amazing. That's great. That is <laughs> so good. Love it. And I don't want to give a lot away, but I want to hint at something. You may get to hear a little bit more from Melody in the future on this podcast. We'll see. So just a little <laughs> teaser, as we call it in the business. But Melody, this has been this has been fantastic. I know you've talked a little bit about your coaching and talked a little bit about your self defense online course as well. If someone wanted to connect with you, I think you mentioned your Instagram. Is that the best way for them to do that? Yeah, yeah. That's that's where I'm at all the time. So either my Instagram or my website, either of those two places. Awesome. Well, Melody, you're awesome. Thanks so much for joining the show and for sharing some of your insight and expertise and look forward to chatting with you soon. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it a lot. Well, one of the things we love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there just making it happen. And this week, I want to alert you to something. Did you know we have a Strava group? We have a big-ass runner Strava group. It's got hundreds of members, and it's a great place to encourage each other as you're out there getting it done. And I just wanted to read off the top 10 from this week on the big-ass runner Strava list. And this is really cool because there's some familiar names on here. Actually, they're all familiar, but there's a few that are a little bit more familiar than others, at least for me. I'm going to go 10 to 1. In 10th place right now, this is I'm recording this on a Wednesday evening, is a very familiar name. Hayden Harrell. My son, Hayden, has logged almost 18 miles already this week. He is training right now. He's doing a Ironman half triathlon in October. But he's also running the Grasslands Marathon here in a few weeks, and he is getting it done. Hayden in 10th place. 
Monica Lawrence, 18 miles already this week. Our buddy Richard Cullen, who just moved to Boise, Idaho last year. We miss him around here. We're going to make it to Boise someday and run with Richard. 19 miles. Trin Puringrang. I'm going to mispronounce your name, Trin. But you are knocking it out of the park with 20 miles. Mark Hawbaker is in sixth with 20.3. Our friend Michelle Baker, 21.21 miles. Ryan T in fourth place, 21.7. Kelly Fain is getting it done, 22.09 miles this week already. Guillermo Batres is 27.7 miles. Guillermo, good job. And then in first place this week, it's not place, just at the top of the, of the leaderboard, so to speak, Zach Litoff at 29 miles already logged this week. So way to go, Big Ass Runner group members. And again, if you're not familiar with the Big Ass Runner group on Strava, check it out. You can go to the Big Ass Runner Instagram page, click on the bio, and it should take you to the link tree that's got the option to go to the Strava group. But join up, and way to go, top 10, way to go. Well, I went down to the data warehouse the other day, and the data scientists were all a fluffle a kerfluffle. I don't know what that means. They were all excited. They were, I mean, there was Funyun dust everywhere, spicy Cheetos on the floor, certainly some Mountain Dew being drunk, drank. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. Certainly a lot of Mountain Dew happening as well. And they were excited because the American Trail Running Association had just come out with their 2022-23 survey. And results were very interesting. And I thought I would share them with the Big Ass Runner Herd and play along at home or wherever you are. You may not be at home. You may be out on the trails. You may be traveling. You may be at work. You may be who knows where. You may be in your office, then in the Xerox room, or the small conference room next to the kitchen, or the kitchen... I don't know. Wherever you are, play along and see if you can guess some of these statistics. I thought they were very, very interesting. So first of all, they asked, do you run with a GPS watch? Do you run? So it could be any watch, but does your watch have GPS? Do you run with a GPS watch? What is the percentage that you think said yes? It's certainly higher than 50. I figured it would be pretty high. So the percentage that answered yes, 78% said they run with a GPS watch of some kind. Well, they also asked, do you wear trail specific shoes when running the trails? I figured this would be high yes as well. And it was. 84% said yes, they wear trail-specific shoes. Is that high or low? I don't know. Feels about right. What about a hydration vest? Now, I don't know if they meant a vest or a belt or something. I 
I'm pretty sure they did not mean a handheld. Do you wear a hydration vest? What do you think the percentage was? 73% said yes. That was higher than I thought. I thought that was very interesting. And the data scientists pointed out that the ratios, that the analytics, the deep learning, the data mining and data visualization resulted in a very solid data structure. So they said it's it's right on the money. So there you go. Verified by the highly caffeinated data scientists. Chip, I'm going to come at you like a spider monkey. 73% wear a hydration vest. Well, they also asked, do you have a trail running coach? Interesting. What do you think the answer for this one is? This is going to be a little, little bit different. 14% said yes. They have a trail running coach. Thought that was pretty, pretty interesting. You heard about trail running coaching in segment one from Coach Melody, and you're going to hear more about that soon as well. Well, this one really caught my attention. They asked your favorite trail running shoe brand. So I have in my hands the top eight. And we've done this before. We did a Arch Madness a couple years ago. And I believe Ultra, I think Ultra won that if, I don't, if I'm not mistaken. But see if you can guess the top eight trail running shoes by brand. I'm going to go in order this time. Number one was no surprise to me. See if it is to you. Hoka at 25%. And number two was Ultra at 22%. So those two were definitely at the top of the list. Third, I thought, you know, who would be third? I thought maybe Solomon, wasn't sure. But Brooks was third for top trail running shoe brand. That was a little bit of a surprise at 10%. Number four, Solomon, 8.7%. Number five, we heard this is Ashley's favorite, Saucony at 8.3. So right behind Solomon. What 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 are we leaving out? What we have what have we not said yet? Number six, La Sportiva. Anybody wear those? I've not, I don't see a lot of them on the trail. Let me know if you wear those. That was 4%. So big drop off from Saucony to La Sportiva. Number seven. These are some I do want to try. And the Trailhead Running Supply store here in town has these. I want to try them. Topo at 3.8%. And then number eight. They only had eight. So this is a list of eight. We have here. Who have we not said yet? We haven't said North Face. We haven't said Nike, which is surprising. Neither of those were in the top eight. Number eight, New Balance. I don't see a lot of New Balance coming through the Chapa Sage Station, but apparently the statistics are correct according to the data scientists. There you go, top eight. Well, this next question was interesting because we've been talking about this. We talked about this with Melody just a second ago. We've been talking about this a lot. 
do you feel safe on the trail? And it was an interesting percentage. What do you think the percentage was that people that said yes, it was certainly higher than 50%. 91%. That was a little higher than I, I would have thought. Maybe that's good. I also think, like Melody said, we need to be alert, not not afraid, not paranoid, but alert. But 91% said they feel safe on the trail. Need to make that 100%, though. Well, it also asked, do you feel part of the trail community? This one definitely perked my ears up because that's what we love about trail running is the community. And man, if you don't feel part of the community, that's a miss. And we want want to make sure everyone feels part of the trail running community in one way or another. What do you think the percentage that said yes, they feel part of the trail running community? 75%. I think that's about what I would have thought. 75%. We want to make that 100%. I think that should be the goal of the big ass runner herd is to make everyone feel part of the big ass runner community. 75%. Well, the next question I thought was interesting too. In what ways have you built or experienced the trail running community? In other words, if, if you feel part of the trail running community, how did you get there? How do you, how do you build that community? How do you experience that community? And they had the top six and I thought these were interesting. Number one, and I'm a big fan of this. This is why this is one of the reasons I think these are so important. Races. Now people say, oh, we don't need races to do trail running. And that is true, but races bring everybody together and it feels more like a festival and fun and a community thing. And the number one reason was races. Guess what number two is? Social media. A lot of you guys aren't on social. And that's great, but that's how a lot of people do feel part of the community. And we see that the big ass runner Instagram people commenting across each other's platforms and, and handles really, really cool to see. Number three, through magazines or blogs or articles. So some written stuff, either print or online. Number four, and I'm a big fan of this too. I'm a fan of all this, I suppose. But four, by volunteering at a race, either aid station or just, I volunteered the other day if at the start finish line. It was a lot of fun. You definitely feel part of the community when you volunteer. You get to meet tons of runners and meet people. Highly, highly recommend volunteering. And by the way, a little Shout out if you want to volunteer with us at the Chapa Sage Station in Bandera. Mark it down. It can happen. It's the first full weekend of January. So mark that down in your calendar if you're interested in doing that. Well, number five, what's number five? Ways people feel part or experience the community. And that's by being part of a group, either a running club or a running group or a coaching group. Very, very important. I haven't heard it one though that obviously I'm partial to, but it did come in sixth podcasts. Lots of great trail running podcasts, and that is a way people feel part of the community. So that's the top 10 list there. 
Well, those were the ones that really stood out to me when we when I looked at the statistics of the American Trail Running Association survey. You can look up more results if you just do a little Google search. Well, hope you enjoyed that. I know the data scientists did because they told me about a thousand times. So there you go. There's a little data from the American Trail Running Association. Well, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 136 of the Big Ass Runner. Big thanks to everybody that was part of the show. To Laurie for that great introduction. Melody for just getting to know you and hearing your expertise around coaching and self-defense and being aware on the trails. Really, really enjoyed that. And to the Big Ass Runner Strava Club. Man, join the group. Encourage each other. Accountability is so, so very important. And also a huge thanks, as I mentioned in the open, to our partner Path Projects. Spring's coming. Check them out. Pathprojects.com. And the person who makes this sound so good every week, our audio engineer, Steve Cinnamon Bear Saunders. Oh, yeah. Well, with that, get out there, hit those trails, and keep running your asses off. Hasn't happened yet, but maybe I can get out, but maybe I can get out. What in the heck? I love it. It sounds like you've, while you haven't been officially coaching a long time. Wait, let me, let me see. That's where I screwed up. See that? That's where Steve, just delete. Don't put that in the blooper reel. No, I'm kidding. Do whatever you want to with it. And I've only gotten to know Melly a little bit. You, let me rephrase that. That sounds dumb. I sound like, who am I talking to? <laughs> I think it was, and actually this might be a little higher than I even thought, because this is a global study. No, it's not, because it's an American Trail Running Association. This is a American U.S. study. So, good night, Jeff. Unbelievable.